Hello, Chinese friends. Welcome to Spiritual Waimai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 Delivering the spiritual food to you when you can't get out. 当你无法外出的时候，我们为你速递属天灵粮 This Spiritual Waimai article is a part of the series entitled "You're God's Masterpiece: The Genesis Notes." 本期属灵外卖来自特别系列。你是神的杰作，创世纪手记。Studying the book of Genesis to discover direction and hope for your awesome life. 通过研读创世纪，并联系新约的思想，为您的美好生活提供指引和亮光。The first temptation, the first sin, Genesis chapter three. At the end of Genesis chapter two, all is as it should be. Man and woman, God's beloved creation, were placed in God's amazing garden. They had purpose, creativity, wonderful food, companionship from each other and God, and they also had boundaries. They were not to eat from one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The consequence was clear: death. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. This was a perfect world. As God intended, purpose, creativity, companionship, pleasure, home. However, things were about to change. Temptation. Then the temptation came. The serpent was crafty. He did not go to Adam. The serpent went to Eve. She heard the rules from Adam, not directly from God, but. Adam was near her at the fateful moment. As soon as she ate the fruit, he followed her, and in an instant, everything changed. Death entered the garden, which was so full of life. As written in 1 Corinthians 15:21, death came through a man. How did this happen? How could this woman and man, who were living in the most content and dreamlike life, have been tempted to do the one thing God told them not to do, even at the cost of death? The tricky serpent utilized half truths to lead the woman to a lie, and she fell for it. His opening line was a challenge she could not ignore. Genesis chapter three verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?" The tempter deliberately grabbed her attention with this incorrect statement. He said, "Any tree." She caught the error and told the truth. She even added. She couldn't even touch the tree. She stated the consequence: death. She very clearly understood. Genesis chapter three, verses two to three. The woman said to the serpent, "We may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, but God did say, 'You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die.'" Then the serpent went a further step and reasoned with her, which put doubt in her mind. It was true: if she ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, her eyes would be opened. He agreed with her on this point, but linked to his agreement with her was a lie. 
Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent twisted God's words and brought doubt into the woman's mind. A bit of truth mixed in with a lie that there will be no consequence for her. Then she made a fatal mistake. She considered the fruit. She took a good look at it. She pictured herself eating the fruit and thought about the wisdom she could gain. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. When the woman looked at the fruit, three things happened. Her flesh, her physical longings and desires, saw the fruit was good for food. That fruit was going to taste good. Her eyes saw the fruit was pleasing, and her own pride saw the fruit was desirable for gaining wisdom. Wisdom, according to the serpent, would make her like God. And with those desires, she took a bite. The temptation of eating the forbidden fruit pulled at the woman in three areas of her life. The flesh, her physical desires. The eye, she saw something attractive she wanted. Pride, she wanted a kind of wisdom which would raise her status to that of God. Maybe you have found yourself in the same situation as the woman. Your physical desires drew you to do something you knew was not right. Your eyes saw something which led you down a path away from God. Your pride caused you to think of yourself first above God or others. These are the cravings in the world we are tempted with even today. Temptation pulls at us in these areas And when we give in, it is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Yuck. This does not sound like a satisfying, beautiful fruit. It actually sounds pretty ugly. 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. This is exactly what happened to the woman. The lust of her flesh saw that the food was going to be good to eat, even if God said to not eat the food. The lust of her eyes caused her to see something beautiful she had to have, and the boastful pride of life in her was excited about becoming just like God. Unfortunately, temptations continue to battle against us in these three areas today. Lust of the flesh. The lusts of the flesh are many and are acted out in many different ways, not just by eating a piece of fruit. Galatian gives us a terrible listing of some of the deeds of the flesh that are the results of giving in to the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, 
disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sexual sin, idolatry, anger, jealousy, and drunkenness. The picture. These are behaviors our, our flesh can crave after, yet each is against God's laws. These are behaviors where the lust of the flesh can lead us. Lust of the eyes. Read the following verses about our eyes. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 and 26. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2a. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Psalm 119, verse 37. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Where our eyes are, so is our focus. We are to diligently turn our eyes to God and his ways, not the things of this world. Through our eyes, we can read God's word or look at the wicked things in this world, which can so easily be seen on the internet, on TV, in the movies, in a magazine. Through our eyes, we can look at things which are not ours to view. Boastful pride. And finally, there is boastful pride in our life, the drive to elevate ourselves above others, above God, to do what we want, when we want. The pride in us longs for people to recognize us and give us praise. The pride determines to make a name for ourselves and be thought of highly. In our pride, thoughts of our selfishness push out thoughts of others and, more importantly, thoughts of God. Psalm 10, verse 4. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. All three of these worldly areas attracted the woman to the fruit. She believed the lie of the serpent. She did not trust in God's rules. In fact, she believed in the serpent's words, not God's. Adam did not stop her. He went along with her. The Progression of Temptation Let's recap the progression of the destructive temptation which led to the first sin and let us take note so we can stop the power of temptation when it comes our way. Temptation, step one. The first move of the tempter was to question the truth, to twist the truth and bring confusion. Have you ever heard these questions in your mind when facing a temptation to sin? Is it really true I can't do da 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 da? Does God really want to deprive me of da 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 da? Does God really want to keep me from being happy? If you have considered these things when facing sin, beware. Temptation is trying to trick you. Don't fall for this enticement. Go to God's word and answer these deceptive questions with God's truth and then walk away from the temptation. Don't continue the conversation. If the woman had answered the serpent with the truth, God did not say that and then walked away, the story would have ended very differently. Temptation, step two. 
But if we don't walk away but begin a dialogue with the temptation like the woman did, then the next step temptation takes is to reason with us. The serpent hooked the woman into a conversation and his reasoning was crafty. He gave some pretty good reasons why the forbidden fruit would be good to eat. Have you ever thought, well, if I just do this once, it won't be so bad? This, have you ever thought that this was a kind of reasoning? Temptation, step three. Once we start to reason, it is easy for a lie to sneak in, such as, no one will know I did this. No one really cares. I don't think this is really such a bad sin. I can control it. Temptation, step four. And then the temptation rises to its most powerful level when the compulsion agrees with your own sinful desires. You really do want to commit a sinful act, so it becomes easy for you to agree with the twisted truth, the reasoning, and the lie of the temptation. Here is the progression of temptation. Number one, the truth is questioned, twisted, and confused. Number two, good reasons to sin are introduced. Number three, lies are added to the reasoning. Number four, the lies become convincing as they agree with our sinful desires. Avoid temptations. Jesus knows temptations will come. He says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Temptations lead to sin. Sin leads to consequences. Here, a bleak picture is drawn of the progression of temptations which lead to sin, which lead to consequences. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. If there is something you find in your life which is a constant temptation for you, take the temptation seriously. Pray and even find a trusted Christian brother, sister, or spiritual leader to pray with you. Ask him or her to check in with you periodically to see how you are doing in this area of your life. If you find yourself in sin, repent and even confess your sin to someone else, the Christian brother, sister, or spiritual leader. If you have had this experience of temptation and sin, do not lose hope. God loves you and will forgive you. Through forgiveness, He will set you free from shame and fear. Come to God, confess your sin, and ask for His forgiveness, and do not hide from Him. In their shame and fear, Adam and the woman hid from God. Today, you do not need to hide. Forgiveness through Jesus Christ is for you. God's Spirit is here to help you overcome sin and resist temptation. Jesus loves you, and we love you too. Thanks for having some spiritual limey with us. We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. And we hope you come back for some more. We love ya.